Jesus said, when the Son of Man comes, there's only one thing he's looking for. is faith in the hearts. Therefore, let us pray and say, Lord, strengthen my faith. Strengthen my faith. In the name of Jesus, strengthen my faith. Strengthen my faith. Open your mouth and pray and say, Lord, strengthen my faith. Pray, pray. Remember, all everything happening, is it that they are weakening our faith or they are strengthening our faith? And let's remember again that what Jesus is coming for, he said, when he comes, will he find faith? That is, it is a faith in our hearts that he will use to walk when he comes. Let us pray and say, Lord, strengthen us. Despite the happenings around, Lord, help us not to faint. Help us not to grow weary. Strengthen us. Please pray. Please pray. Say, Lord, strengthen us. In times like this, strengthen us. Despite the happenings around, strengthen us. When we travel, Lord, strengthen us. Strengthen us. Concerning our children, strengthen us. Strengthen us. That fear will not take over us. But faith will fill our hearts. In the name of Jesus, please pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. We have learned that faith can leak. Faith can leak. <laughs> Let us pray. And say, Lord, despite the news around, despite the news around, strengthen us that our faith will not fail. Strengthen us that when you come back, Lord, you will find faith on, in our hearts. You will find faith in our hearts. In the name of Jesus, pray. That, Lord, you will find faith in our hearts that we will not fail. That our faith will not fail. That our faith will not fail. In the name of Jesus. Let's begin to give God thanks. Because indeed again he will strengthen us. He will strengthen us. Thank him. From the very depth of your heart, thank him. Because he's strengthening you. Strengthening you. Pumping faith into your heart. Lord, we give you praise forever. We thank you. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Amen. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. If you believe it, give me an amen. amen. Alright, let's just take our confession of understanding because we are going to do a bit of study before we start, uh, we rise up again to continue our praying. Are we ready? Yes. One, two, let's go. Oh, now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of His will. Not spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. God is entering my heart. He's giving me light and direction. He's healing me in every area, and he's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 I said amen. amen. Now that will be your testimony again in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Alright, can you turn to somebody on your left, on your right? Bless the person. The understanding has come to you again today. Bless somebody else. The understanding has come to you again today. In the name of Jesus, bless somebody else. And then take your seats. The Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Right, let's take our seats quickly and um, continue magnifying the Lord. You know that's what we've been doing for some time. Our duty, our job in this season is to magnify the Lord. And why are we doing that again? It is because many other things try to pretend as if they are God in our lives. Now bear that in mind. That is the major reason why we have to continue 
to magnify the Lord. Because many things try. They pretend as if they are God when indeed they are not God. And whatever you magnify is what you will experience the power of it. What I mean is this. If you, exp- if you magnify God, you will experience the power of God. If you magnify circumstances, you will experience the power of circumstances or lack of power thereof. I don't know whether you're getting my point. Circumstances seems to have power only on the negative side, never on the good side. If you magnify the power of the president of a nation, you will experience his inability to help. Do you follow my point? <laughs> now, that's very important. Remember, as a curse. Now, there are curses that Jesus did not remove. Shall I explain that to you? Yes. There are curses that Jesus he didn't remove. You know why? He placed them there. He didn't, it, they are not negotiable. For example, he said, cursed is anyone who trusts in man. He didn't die for that one. <laughs> you get my point. If you trust in man, you're under a curse. It's not about whether you're a good man or a bad man. If you don't want, see, there are certain curses that you just remove yourself from under them. You don't break them. Many times you see people, they spend so much time breaking curses. It's a, it's a habit of Christian these days. I don't know where we learned those things from. We pastors. I don't know which way we saw in the Bible that they went to the village to go and break a curse. This is how Christians behave. We just walk out from under them. That's all. I hope you get my point. You don't break them. You leave them alone. Did you hear what I said? Yes, sir. You know how you break them in your life? Just walk away from them. Serpents were biting in the wilderness. God did not remove the serpents. He brought his own serpent. I don't know whether you're getting my point. He said, focus on which one you like. If you focus on the serpent that's biting people, you will die. If you focus on the one that I put on the standard, on the pole, you will live. That's just the way it is. I've said it to us again and again, and God helping us towards the end of this year, we'll do a seminar on it, nation building. And I'm going to take it from the spiritual perspective. One prayer I pray to God is that he should give me, Daniel, you know what the Bible says? The angel came to Daniel and said, I've come to give you skill and understanding. So I pray to God, give me skill and understanding. Now, what was he talking about? Daniel was not a carver. It was not like Bezalel who made artistic designs with gold and silver and bronze and stuff like that. Daniel was a man of understanding. Are you getting my point? He has skill in interpreting the events of life. I said, God, I beg give me skill. And this year, before the end of the year is over, what God has given me so far as understanding in the area of national development, I would like to share it. Because it's from above, it's not from beneath. Forget all these social commentaries, social criticism, all this one. If people gather together, complain of that kind of forget that nonsense. Listen, the real reason why people are in bondage is a spiritual reason. You see where I'm going in a moment, okay? Now, so, I've said many times, listen, the black race, the African nations, Listen, stay for a hundred years. They will not develop. Except what I'm about to teach, which you've heard me teach many times, all right? Unless those things are affected. They, it's not that they won't develop at all, but they'll always be behind. Do you know why? Because it's a, it's a curse. No, I'm talking about Jesus didn't remove every curse. It's a curse that has been released in the air. A servant of servants they will be. Now, please, I know where I went to do that from, okay? And so let us understand it. Why? You see, because a curse has been released into the air, Jesus didn't actually come to end the curse. He came to remove people from under it. And how did he say it? He translated us from what? The kingdom of darkness. That's it. It was not like, I bring the power of darkness in your life. No, just leave darkness alone. Walk in the light as he is in the light. Once you walk like that, that's why people say, I break, I say, forget that thing. There is no Christian that ancestral curses can affect except you continue in ancestral misbehavior. And certain things are under a curse permanently. Jesus did not come to break the curse. He came to translate you from under to another place. 
A lot of people want to be in Christ. That is, they want to have their curses broken while they walk in darkness. So, so how can I help you? And many times you see Christians will make the mistake. We take what we call spiritual principles. I want to teach you to men walking in darkness. He does not work. It doesn't work. You take, you know, maybe somebody, you saw he operated these principles, and this is how he got results. Listen to me. Let me tell you how Israel got results. They walked through a sea that had parted. That was not how they got results. No answer me. Yes or no? There's no catch to it. Did they get results by walking through the sea that parted? Yes, there's no catch. They are afraid. They are afraid that I will say, there's no catch. There's no, there's no catch to it. Did they get deliverance by passing through the sea? Did they or did they not? But is it a matter for deliverance? No, because when the Egyptians tried it, what happened? They drowned. So some, don't, you, don't, you don't end your life with method. These are the methods. If you are not under the deliverance of God, you walk through the Red Sea, die, you shall die. We make that mistake a lot of times. So we see people, and then of course another mistake we make, Christians will now go to the way Adam gets results walking under a curse. They now bring that into the kingdom. And say, listen, these are the ways by which Adam, after sweating and sweating, got results. Now teach Christians how to sweat. What am I going to explain? Listen, listen, listen. Certain things are permanently under a curse. A white man can't preach this. That's why God made me a black man. And not only a black man, a very black man. Amen? So I can say what I'm about to say. The black race, naturally, naturally speaking, is permanently under a curse. You go and read it. They don't have any blessing. That is what they call generational blessing. To hold on to. As a group. The only blessing they have is in Christ. That is why when Americans are there making a lot of noise about racism, I say, listen, the worst person that ever came up hmm, in racism in America that strengthened the racist hand against the blacks was Barack Obama. Naturally speaking, it doesn't make sense. You would have thought it was a sign of liberation. I preached the day he won the election. The next meeting kingdom, what I preached with it. I thought he was. And I stand by the principles I preached that time. It's a man that just Jeroboamized everything. You know what Jeroboamizing? When God appoints you, you turn against God. I looked at everything, all the noise they are making. Now, what am I going to say? You see under his tenure, the advance they made, you know, they thought that this is black liberation. The next thing, a man who they claim is, I, I, I'm not judging whether Donald Trump is racist or not, I'm not judging it, okay? But he came into power, but whatever, for certain reasons, the white supremacists gained power. They gained confidence under his leadership, that is his presidency. They suddenly had the boldness to do some things. And it's a spiritual lesson. Do you know why? God made it clear. Listen to me. There is a reason why God used a reverend gentleman to lead the fight for black freedom in America. There is a reason. There is a reason. So only Christ brings liberation. That's the point I'm trying to make. Only Christ Jesus brings liberation. Now, why am I indicting the tenure of Barack Obama? Because that time, the Bible says, Jeshurun became fat and kicked. The people he liberated, they became so free... They kicked against God. And he, as a nation, he led the rebellion against God. And according to Sadhu Sundar Selvaraj, 
He said, the day they painted the White House in the rainbow colors of the LGBT, they gave God the finger, if you know what that means. They basically said to God, to hell with you. And he said, God will judge that thing. He's not an American, he's an Indian. So that's why I made the statement that I made. And that was why when Hillary Clinton lost that election, it was the deliverance of God. It was God's deliverance. Because her plan was to continue the trajectory that a particular group has set them on using Barack Obama as their champion. And Neville Johnson said before the election, he said, America, I pray. If Hillary Clinton wins this election, you guys will be ruled by a witch. It's on record, no be me talking more. Neville Johnson is an elderly man, he's about 80 years old. Australian prophet. He said, better rise up and pray. Close to your throne is a witch, a practicing witch. So he, he told them, everybody, rise up and pray. I guess they prayed. Because shortly after, Sadducee Varaj got up and said, listen, the next president will be Donald Trump. That is a sign of God's mercy. I'm not saying the man is a nice man. He can do all kinds of things he does. He talks too much. He tweets too much. But you will see the first thing he did as president was to say, God, we honor what you honor. First thing he did, he said, life is precious. He defunded any American agency that spreads the gospel of abortion. First assignment. The day he sat down in office, give me that paper. He signed. Next he did, Barack Obama said, whether you are mad or not, go to any bathroom of your choice. A young boy will come to school at the age of 12 and said, I'm a girl. And Barack Obama wrote a an executive order that he should allow him to use the bathroom for girls. Now Trump said, not under my watch. You can make a lot of noise about racism and shit whole countries. There are things that are more precious to God than that. Now, so why did I go into that? I just want to emphasize something. Okay, I know I took a bit of tangent just trying to explain a few things. But you see, listen, I said God has joined some things together. There are certain curses he did not remove. I use that American example that what happens is that the nation now allows the people to kick, except that freedom is only in Christ Jesus. So the more they move away from Christ, the more they return into the bondage of their fathers. Did you hear what I said? That's what I was trying to explain. The more they move away from Christ, the more they return to the bondage of their fathers. If you ask me, if the American blacks are to choose between Barack Obama or Donald Trump, I'll say, guys, choose Donald Trump. Listen, when the Bible talks about walking the spirit, I've been telling you again and again, it does not mean to be doing shmoshmo, shmashma, shmoshmo, kolololo, papaya, hotutu, pupupu, kidaya, I heard my spirit say. That's not what it means. A man in the flesh can prophesy. Saul, on his way to catch David, he fell amongst the prophets and he began to prophesy. I hope you're getting my point. You don't have to be spiritual to prophesy. You can be walking in the flesh and prophesy. You can even be an evil spirit and prophesy. You can even be a donkey and prophesy. What have I said that you didn't see in your Bible? A girl was possessed by a familiar spirit. Go and check her words. Accurate. So please, eh, don't, don't, it has nothing to do with being spiritual. We confuse the ability to prophesy with spirituality. They are, they, are, they are totally different. Some of the most accurate prophetic people are very, very, very carnal. A prophet lied and the spirit came upon him and he told the truth. 
under the word of God, that they're under the influence of the Holy Spirit. So the Bible is talking about walking in the Spirit, not talking about prophesying. Walking in the Spirit, say, it means simply, use the word of God, use the revealed truth of God to judge what you will love, what you will decide concerning, how you will live your life. That's what it means. Balaam was carnal, but was an accurate prophet. In the midst of his carnality, his prophecies were accurate. He said, what do you call carnality? The man loves money. You cannot, be, you cannot be a lover of money and be a spiritual man. What am I going to say? If you ask the black race, ask me in America, to choose between Donald Trump and Barack Obama, I will say, guys, listen, use your head, spiritual head. Choose Donald Trump. Because what you need, first of all, is spiritual freedom. Spiritual freedom may take a whole generation. It will give you natural freedom. But if you go for the flesh, you will return into bondage after a short while. Anytime you gratify the flesh, satisfy the flesh, it's a matter of time. You are going into bondage. The problem is that when God blesses you, he gives you the ability to do what you like. I don't know what I hear what I said. Listen, when God has blessed you, you'll be able to do what you like. For example, if you are poor, you cannot provide justice. With which money will you do it? How do you bribe somebody when you don't have yourself? But there, there, there's a time God will pour abundance upon you. You'll be killing everything with money. Those are the temptations that come with abundant blessings. That's why God said, thou shalt remember. I wrote an article on it. Do not forget God. Because when God has blessed you, the first, one of the major temptations that you forget him. Why? Because with his blessing comes the ability to do without him. I don't know what I hear what I said. When you have so much money, why pray about sickness? Why confess the word of God over your health? When doctors can screen your brain, screen your liver, screen your toes, screen everything. So you pay some doctors two million every other day to be checking how long you will live. They will now come up to you when they say they can analyze your whole gene to check whether you will die. Someone recently, they have this gene analysis now that can prophesy, no, predict, I would already want to prophesy, predict when you will die. You will pay because you can afford it. After how much is it? By the time you give them $50,000, they do it for you. And you have money, come on. Your last business, you made half a million dollars. And that's just in two weeks. So when they say, get up and prophesy over your health. When people like us who don't have money, jobless pastors like us in court, are telling you, declare after me, in the name of Jesus, the spirit of Christ is in me, giving life to my mother, but you're on the phone with the doctor in America. I want my results, say, all right? So what are we going to do about it? So the single focus of my cancer cells, uh, yeah, okay, you're going to do bracket therapy to get out? Please, uh, my pastor is calling. I'll call you back. I'm there declaring the word. You're talking to a, a human doctor. Why? You've been blessed. Those who don't, that, who don't have that money. When they say, say, in the name of Jesus, I shall live and not die. They will shout. Because that's the only way to live. That's what I mean. When I say, with God's blessing comes the ability to do without him. You need this discipline of the spirit to say, I know Lie, lie. Sorry, I don't go out and say so, 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 so and so days. Why? I am praying. You don't need anything. You are giving thanks. You deliberately lock yourself in. If it was not a natural thing to fall out of God, why would Jesus say, abide in me? Anytime he gives an instruction, it means the opposite is natural. You hear what I said? Anytime he gives an instruction, just watch your life. The opposite is natural. You will fall out naturally. So he say, abide in me. As a branch cannot bear fruit in itself. He had to warn because once God blesses you, abiding out of Christ is natural. You are so influential and so connected. By 5 a.m., your phone is already buzzing. 
Meanwhile, between 5 and 5.30 before, you and your wife, you are confessing the scriptures. Poverty is good. No, he has own advantages. Nobody is calling you. You know, today I, fo- I forgot my phone at home. I finally got it around 11 o'clock. I was so disappointed. There was only one missed call. <laughs> From my wife. Ha! I said, Naso man, not important at all. But when you have become a big man, then Gote will call, President will call, Senator will call, everybody's calling. I'll be getting my point. That's the way it works. So that's why you need to discipline yourself. When they say, oh yeah, you have a call by five o'clock. What you will do simply? They say, five o'clock, sorry, I am praying. So it's very, very important. The president of Congo said the president of the whole universe is on the phone too. Tell him I'll call him back. And tell him very respectfully next time. Your Excellency, I'm so sorry. I was praying when you called. And if you don't want it to happen next time, quench the phone. So that they will hear the number you are calling is not available at the moment. Please cry again later. And say, we'll call you earlier. I say, oh, we're having family prayer at that time. Let it be Donald Trump. He has, be- he has better respect that God is more presidential than he is. I've used it to just explain a particular point. So when I said, if you give a black American, Barack Obama, and give them a Donald Trump, for those who don't understand, this is what we mean. Barack Obama stood for them. I mean, at least he was a black man. Half black in reality, but once you're not pure white, you're not white. All right? That's how they look at it. <laughs> the Donald Trump is supposedly racist by most people's standards. And he doesn't apologize about it. If you tell Barack Obama, the way you looked at me had racism in it, you will come and apologize. So Donald Trump is a, is a typical, you know, let me say, of all presidents I've seen in my own lifetime. I began to observe American presidents in the, the, the days of um, Ronald Reagan. Before that, I didn't know much about me. I was not old enough to notice. But since the days of Ronald Reagan, no American president has arisen that people believe is as racist as Donald Trump. I'm not saying I agree with them. Personally, I just think he has some bad habits. He doesn't, many people think worse than he thinks. It's just that they don't talk. But he says anything. I've not seen it. He will not withdraw it. His people will be there trying to explain. No, that was not what our government. <laughs> he has said what he said. He's the one that, of course, the testimony, and I believe the testimony, is I say all these people are from shithole countries. They call all the African countries shithole countries. So if you understand what I'm saying? Just for those who may not know what we're talking about. I don't know when somebody will be listening to this, and some people, they are alive today, they know what's going on in the world, all right? So <laughs> they just help them understand. But if we tell the, black, the minorities to choose, I will tell them, having observed the two of them, I will say, please, choose this man that looks like he's racist. Because your spirituality is, has more support under him. Even though naturally your flesh does not have it. Because those who give you fat natural freedom, but lead you into idolatry, they are actually leading you into real bondage. The Lord is good. What we're trying to explain. Remember, I was trying to say to us, why do you regard man whose breath 
is in his nostrils. That's where we began all of this from. We now went into that angle. All right? Let's not regard a man. I said, if you focus on a man like our current president as a source of your problems, you are denying the power of God. If you think he's the one that should bring forth the solution, you are denying the power of God. And the weakness of mankind, that is, that is there already. God says anyone who trusts a man is under a curse. So you're already under a curse because the person you are trusting in does not have the energy to deliver you. I hope you're getting my point here. So why are we doing everything we are doing? Of course, that was just a small you know, side trip. Why are we doing everything we are doing in this season is to let God have his place again in our hearts, in our lives. Every time the world is trying, that is, that's what it does, Satan always trying to weaken the influence of God in our hearts. Not in our environment, in our hearts. He can't, listen, let me say it to you again. All this one of, uh, you know, uh, break the power, break the power, break the power, Satan that's against me in the name of Jesus. Let's say it again. He doesn't have that kind of power. He can't make a nail enter your tire. Please, let me say it again. This guy is not as powerful as we think. He can't carry a nail and put inside your tire. Satan, the devil, all his lieutenants, the witches working for him, the confused demons, all of them. There's nothing they can do. Listen, if you are sleeping and all the demons in hell show up and you open your eyes, don't rebuke them. Close your eyes and go back to sleep. Listen, that rebuke is what they are looking for. You don't get my point. It is that rebuke. I get in the name of Jesus. You can't do me anything. In the name. That is what they are looking for. They know too. But they just feel like, why should you sleep? They say, let that boy pray. They gather to make Christians pray. And Christians will pray for one hour and drive them away five, ten kilometers. Do not say, ha. On Sunday, testimony, I have a testimony. They all came. By the time we finish praying, they move back 10 kilometers. That was their purpose. You thought, you think you won. No, they won. Let me give an illustration. Now I'm digressing again. Let me know where I went off because I have to move by the spirit. The thing I want to say is different from what I am saying, but all of them, the truth of the word of God. All right? <laughs> now let me give an illustration. How many of us know of Al Qaeda? Al Qaeda. What's the name of their champion that's dead now? Osama Ibn Laden, okay? They call him Bin Laden. Americans couldn't pronounce it Bin Laden, so they twisted it to Bin Laden. Anyway, Osama Bin Laden. Let me ask you a simple question. Did he succeed or he did not succeed? Now, for time's sake, I will, this. I will just give you the answer. Many of us would think he didn't succeed, but he succeeded in his plan. Those who say he did not succeed will say that he didn't take over America. He never thought he could. If he takes over America, what will he do with it? Can he handle it? What he said from the beginning is, I will make you fear. He said, I will put terror in your hearts. You will be afraid in your bedroom. You will be afraid on the highway. Do you know what? He succeeded. It is because of him. You can't take any drink, any liquid, more than 75 meals onto a plane. Is it a 75 CL? I forgot there's that volume, but... You've been to the airport before. You want to take a drink, Lila? They will tell you, it's just a drink. They say, open it, drink it. 
what they do in our own airport, maybe you're carrying a, 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 you know, a bottle of drink. Just open the cap for them. Once they open it, they take the cap away from you. Then you can pass. Because Osama bin Laden had instigated people to bomb planes in, with canned drinks. He instigated another man, Reed or whatever his name was that time, to try to bomb with his shoes. That is why you remove your shoes for scanning. Every time he does something, they change our lives worldwide. <laughs> You've been to the airport, they almost te- people's trousers are falling before at the airport. Why? Because as you're removing the belt, you don't know that it is bigger than you. You just ah, yeah. So you, you, you must know what you are fighting, though. Know? Many people are fighting Satan. They don't know Satan is winning. By the time Osama bin Laden was done, his goal had been achieved. He takes at least an hour away from every traveler, international traveler all over the world on the average. If you get, if you buy international tickets, it's buy in America. The tickets in America, it's always there. They will remind you that security checks in the airport you are going to, you have to factor at least an hour in so you don't miss your flight. You know, today my wife and I were coming back home. That's from the U.S. I just said, ah, we, we finished what we're doing was in Atlanta and we're flying Delta, so it's not too far now. My friend said, hey, thank you. You have to go now. I'm like, ah, the flight is still like three hours away. He said, you have to go now. So today we're leaving, going back to Houston. So I said, okay, let's go. So we went, we dropped out of the airport, bros. I now understood what they meant. Currently, Atlanta airport, that airport, forgotten the name of uh, this, anyway, one of the, that, their major airport here in Atlanta, is the world's busiest airport. Who's the records as of today? If you see security check queue, I said, no wonder. Chooks would say, thank you. Come and start going. And I was like, ah, what is the hurry? I thought that was Nenugu. I thought it was Nenugu. And I like, what is the hurry now? I mean, you look at the number of hours. He said, well, come and start going. When we saw the queue to check him, you're on that queue to be scanned. Osama bin Laden succeeded. Don't ever forget it. He did. I read in the news a few days ago that they have a new kind of scanner that will now make it unnecessary for you to throw away all liquids. If you know the amount of money, billions of dollars that that guy cost Western countries, not all countries in the world. A country like the U.S., you can't fly straight to the U.S. from an airport they have not certified. They have to come and check your airport that your security is good enough for a plane to come from your airport and enter their airspace. After all, Abdul Mutalab, walk pata, enter the plane, intending to blow it over America. From Lagos. Osama bin Laden succeeded. Why am I telling these two stories? Because you say, ah, Pastor Banke, five minutes you've been telling us that he succeeded. Are you praising him? No, I'm warning you against demons. They keep a lot of Christians awake. Then they come and testify in the morning. That yeah, we prayed until the demons <laughs> ran away. The demons said, we never thought we could kill you. Before we came to your house, we had, checked, we had checked the decree of the Almighty. It did not include death for you at this time. So we just came to scare you, knowing you will get up to pray. And we have checked, checked about, thought about it. If you pray, you don't sleep, you will not, you will not be productive next day. 
So we'll go and push one small cock that lives in your neighbor's compound. We'll push the cock. The cock will run, land on your windowsill. That's it. You will wake all your children up. Begin to pray. In the name of Jesus, every power from hellfire that is in a die by fire. Die. Die. And you think you won. The demons have crossed their legs. They are picking their teeth. See? What are you doing here? We are watching Christians pray. They will move back home because they don't want to enjoy. You know that kind of thing. I mean, who wants to be injured with your fire prayer? Then as soon as you go back to sleep, then they will pull your son's belt. Then you think you saw a snake. You wake your husband up. Husband, wake up, wake up, wake up. Then you look. You can't see the snake again. Ah, I saw it. Let us pray. In the name of Jesus, the spirits that snake and do not snake, that come into the room and that live, and they appear as snake and disappear when you wake up. In the name of Jesus, you will knock it. The demons know that's what you will do. That is why they came. They didn't come to kill you. They know they can't. They came to scare you. They came to remove your sleep. That was what I meant when I said if all the demons in here gather at your window, and you open the window and you see them, close the window and go back to sleep. And when your wife says, what is that? She said, nothing. And that's not a lie. What do you tell her? Nothing. And that's not a lie. Is it a lie? Is it something? It's nothing. It is nothing. There are things you will tell, you will tell me. I won't tell my wife. Why? If I tell her, I want to put thoughts in her head. Why give her? There are so many things she has to think about right now. I don't want to add that one to it. Say so you dreamt. And you see serpents flying around. And evil spirits firing arrows at us. When you finish, I'm not going to say, sorry. Sorry, sir. thank you for your dream. I appreciate Joseph's in my life. Amen. But please, so, if you are telling me that Satan doesn't like me, I knew that he didn't even want my mother to give birth to me. It's not new. Tell me something new. There are people that don't want it to prosper. Excuse me, sir. Is that news to you? If you were a newspaper, you were a guardian or this day, will you print that? Breaking news. We discover that there are people who don't, who don't want uh, Pastor Bangley to prosper. They say, okay, we dreamt that one day, we just dreamt that you died. Okay, please, bros, let's be honest. You that dreamt, so you will not die. Like I say all the time, listen to this. I will not die one day earlier than the law planned. Satan is not, me and Satan are not negotiating when I will die or when I won't die. It's not in their hands at all. Not in Satan's hands, not in the hands of demons, nothing. In fact, today I wanted to start by teaching on this. I meditated about it. I said there are a number of requirements that must be fulfilled before a child of God walking the will of God dies. And that includes me. In fact, I was praying about myself. I was thinking, and I do a lot of thinking about life. When see somebody dies, I say, ah, God, when is Banky going to die safe? Just thinking about it. Now, a number of issues. Number one, I found out from scripture. One, I will fulfill everything that God said I must do. That's the same thing with you, not just for me, all of us. If his messages that I should preach, I will preach the last one. You know these messages, they have a list. Each one I preach, they tick them off. Every revelation I release to this earth is ticked off. They are not my thoughts. They are not my ideas. They are things he wants the church to know. He say, Banky, go and say it. I say it. It goes. 
Writing a book, the book must be written. That was what happened to Paul. After he checked everything, checked everything, he said, I have finished my course. Theodore Epp said, the way I understand it, everything God wants me to do, I've done it. So this is the last message I'm going to preach. He died the following week. Number two, the people that God wants me to affect, you too. Like that, I'm talking not just about me, for you also. I will finish affecting them. They have a saying in Western Nigeria. They say, escort me to the place where I will not be afraid. Know what that means? Literally, maybe you know the way it is, a child is going home. So follow him until the place where he can see the house and there's light. It's a saying. So everybody I'm supposed to escort, I will escort them to the place in life where they will not be afraid. And last of all, listen to this. I've checked my Bible though. Last of all, I will see heaven first. Before <laughs> Moses died, he saw heaven. He saw the Lord. He saw the promised land. Same thing with Paul. Those men saw things. They had the prophetic word made sure. Many of these people, God gave them tours of where they are going. It got to a point. Listen to me. Paul, he was not talking like, eh, you see, eh, by faith. No. Paul was eager. It was eagerness. He said, I'm in a state, state like King James, I'm in a state between two. Which one to choose, I don't know. To depart and be with Christ, which is far better. He wasn't speaking by, these were things he understood. They made another statement. He said, we are groaning that we want to be unclosed. Not as if we want to be unclosed really, but that we want to be clothed with another body. That is, he found this body restraining. Most of us don't. You know why? We have not seen anything else. If you are going, this is the, these are the legs that carry you. But Paul has been to a place where you don't need those legs to carry you. I've heard testimonies of that, that when it gets to such places, you go to where you think of. I don't know what you get what I'm going to say. But if I say, listen, we need to minister in Benin. Once I talk about Benin, I find myself in Benin. That's how it is in heavenly places. So having to look for a car, a plane, is because I want to transport this flesh, this body. So Paul said, this is a waste of time. So we are waiting to be unclosed from this body and be closed with a new one, a heavenly body, which Paul, their disciples, they have seen. Jesus, in that new body, the wall was not a hindrance. I don't know what I get my point. And it was a real body because he ate fish, digested it, and it vaporized. So you couldn't lock him out of a place. So those who understood it said, ah, we are tired. But you know when you've never experienced it? You like this, your body, you go, you don't, you stay 30 minutes in the morning putting fake eyelashes on already fake eyes. Think about it. The whole thing, no, I don't, it's not you. Don't say because I won't use fake eyelashes. Whether I use it or not, the eye is fake. And then when you have seen the real eyes, I hope I get my point. You realize that these eyes you look through, you don't really see with them. You look through them. So there is a, there's an eye inside that normally sees, but this one in front is an obstruction. So this one has to be clear for that one to see. So it gets to a point, you don't need these outside eyes again. Like Neville Johnson will say, you see the dimension of colors that those guys have to deal with. On this side, as a matter of fact, men see very few colors. Men cannot, they cannot distinguish more than maybe 15 different colors. They don't, they don't finish. 
No, these are scientific facts. Men, women see color better than men. That's why they have all kinds of names for colors. Royal blue, sky blue, turquoise blue. Is it, was it on blue? We never finished blue. <laughs> Light blue, navy blue. Give me another blue. Sea blue. Aquamarine. Oh, God. Father in heaven. We are still on blue. But by evening, we reach green. Let's just stay on blue first. Why you ask the guys? The guy just know navy blue, light blue. Guys, they don't know sky. They just know navy blue, light blue. It's not a light. That's all their eyes can see. Scientifically, no, that's not a joke. That's all the eyes can see. They don't see the different shades of colors. Well, there's a reason for it. They have richer pigment, color pigment in the eyes, women. All right? But let's get to the heavens. In the heavens, if on the eye, you can, on the earth, a woman can see 30 different shades of colors. In heaven, they probably have like 10,000. And they all look different to every eye that sees. So you understand, therefore, that those who have been to that place, they find this your good eyes a hindrance to appreciation of divine beauty. I believe a time will come. That's what I'm believing God for. For at least a few years before it's time to depart, I'm already uncomfortable. You know, when you get home, Usually at night, what's the first thing you want to do? Take off your clothes. Sometimes you tell people, I'm just coming in. I have not even removed my clothes. You know, we say it with a kind of reverence. I called you before removing my clothes. And you know how important it is to remove my clothes. And the person says, oh yeah, he understands. This clothes we don't even like. We hold it with all kinds of belts, suspender, button, everything. So in the evening, you just want to remove the clothes. That was all Paul meant that we are groaning. We want to remove this thing. Those are the things that must be satisfied before a child of God walk out. When they were stoning, <laughs> stoning Stephen, Jesus would say, no, not like that. Stephen, you can't go until you want to go. So how do I make him go? Let him see something. When <laughs> Stephen saw, ah, he didn't notice the stone again. He walked out of his body by himself. They were storing a body that the man did not want. The Lord is good. This time around, I forgot you know, to remind me where I was before I went in that direction. Okay, let's, I, I'll just keep talking. The point I'm making is this. I know I went to that. I know last night I said before I went to that. Just like why I said that last thing is what I'm trying to remember. But what I said is this, Satan cannot, can't even put nail in your tire. Don't talk about killing you. So please don't waste your time staying up all night. Satan, in the name of... Forget that. There are prayers you don't hear me pray. Say, Satan, you will not make me fail. Is he mad? He can't. He knows. The only thing he does is tempt. All his powers can be described with one word. Temptation. Temptation to keep you in ignorance is part of it. Most importantly, temptation to make you sin. That is where he gets his evil powers from. When you have sinned. Fair pastor, please stop this rubbish of breaking ancestral because it's a waste of time. It was broken already. Tell the church members, stop ancestral misbehavior. Because there's a curse upon the ancestral behavior. And the only way Jesus ends it is by translating people out of under that authority into a new place. If you put your own hands walk into back into it, you are under that curse. Why? God has allowed it. 
He has allowed it. He has allowed it. You see people spending money to do family <laughs> deliverance. And what I don't understand, why don't you do family deliverance from ignorance? Yeah, which is very, very easy. Buy books, gather your family, go to a church when they are doing seminar. Attend services for six months. I like the way Pastor Kimothy does it. Sometimes when you come to him for, you know, you know the way he works here. You come, say you want to see me. I say, please, go and see him first. When you're talking to Pastor Kimothy, he will tell you, this is your prescription. I will see you here regularly twice a week for six months. Then we will talk. Love will disappear after that. Because they want Ozubu Ozubu breakthrough. Now, now, now. Yenzu, Yenzu, lay hands on me. I come to Kenehagen, empty hands and empty heads. I like the way he prescribes. He says six months. He says, Sir, what did I said six months. What? Yeah, because your problem is ignorance. I will don't cast out ignorance by the laying of hands. You cast out ignorance with attention to teaching. Attention to instruction. That is how you cast out ignorance. So he says to you, twice a week, I expect to see you here for six uninterrupted months. Then we can talk. And I've been doing this ministry work for a while. Can I show you? 90% of people who follow on will tell them things like that. They will come back later to you and tell you that we don't need to talk. I have seen people who I even know. You know, they come to me before the meeting starts. Pastor, Pastor, I'd like to talk to you. I say, okay, no problem. After the meeting. After the meeting, they say, Pastor, please, can you cancel the appointment? No longer necessary. I say, why? I say, because while you were preaching, you answered all the questions. So thank, thank you very much. And that's why when you come to me, you say, please, I want to talk to you. I thought, okay, do I know you? You say, no. Then I tell you straight, I'm not talking to you. They say, why? No, 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 no. It's not because your prophet's offering is not big. <laughs> I don't even know whether you broke it with the prophet's offering. Why I just refuse is that you want me to preach to only you what I have preached to the whole world, and I will preach to the whole world for the next few months. I have preached for the, to the whole world for the last 10 years. I said, no, I can't do it. I can't. So please, go to our website, download like 50 messages and listen to them total of 200 times. Then we can talk. One young man came that he wanted to see me. After I saw, Thor Reverend Yinka, Yinka, I said, Pastor, please, I think you should, you should talk to this guy. He came from far. When the guy stood in front of me, you know the first thing he said? He said, good evening, sir. I have read all your books. I have read all your sermons on the website. I have listened to hundreds and hundreds of hours of your messages. I think you will talk to me. I said, yes, I will. Sit down. Because by the time he finished giving me his credentials, I knew I had to talk to him. <laughs> I knew I had to talk to him because he, he understood. Of course, that's how come he knew because he had listened. I said, good, now we can talk. We cannot talk about difficult things I have not yet addressed. So many people are doing family deliverance. You don't need family deliverance from, uh, from evil spirits. You need deliverance from ignorance. So gather the family. Say we are going for a seminar. Rent a hotel. After when somebody dies, you rent hotels for your guests. Is that not so? Sometimes we don't have to spend our money. Rent a hotel. Settle down. John Alexander Dowie and uh, John G. Lake. That's what they used to do. They opened like guest houses in their ministries. Because when you come for prayer for healing, they will lay hands on you. 
But most people, they know they, you won't get hit that day. Then they expect you to stay around. And then, be, and you know, this one will come on Tuesday and come on Saturday. They don't do that. They preach morning and evening. Every day. It's going on all the time, whether you are there or you are not there. They have pastors preaching and teaching all the time. Some people, all they do is just read the Bible out. But it's going on constantly. So you go to your guest house at night, wake up in the morning, you come to church, you sit down. And guess what? Many people get healed, no no offense. Some, after they've heard the word like that for four weeks, faith is built in their hearts. Next time they want to lay hands on the sick, they are the first to receive. They're the first to receive. Why? Faith has been built in the heart. You now see what? Now say they are doing family deliverance. From what? That they bury something in the village. How is it your problem? Hey, for your information, there are two things. One, this, this, 95% of those things they buried was not buried. Nobody buried anything. But pastor must work, so he has to find something. Yes. If he doesn't find something, how will you refer patients to him? Sometimes, deliver yourself from ingratitude. Gather the family and do thanksgiving. What are you asking for? Nothing. Just want to thank God that we are still alive. Want to thank God that we are still breathing. Let's just worship God. Kill the goats. Kill a cow. Prepare a banquet. Say, what are you doing? We are doing family thanksgiving. We are doing family thanksgiving. Many families, their problems will disappear. They settle down all the time and, and count what they don't have. And they want deliverance. Many people are even looking for deliverance from things that are not a problem. Do you know that? Near, near success syndrome. Have you heard that before? It's a common thing with human beings. It's not only you. Looking for deliverance. Eh? Just before I make it, something will go wrong. Eh? Why do you think I have not bought my airplane? That's why now something too went wrong. <laughs> why do you think all of us have not bought brand new cars and driving around? Something went wrong. It always goes wrong. It's not a big deal. You think it's everything you do that will succeed like that? If it was like that, why would Paul say none of these things move me? Because things are supposed to move you sometimes. <laughs> One man came to me when I remembered him yesterday again. This was a few years ago. <laughs> I was driving and I remembered him. I said, hey, laughing again. He said he wanted prayer. We're in church. We're lying. People want prayer. I mean, I don't just lay hands on people. I say, what do you want me to pray about? He said, I wanted prayer. Over what now? That is as if something just goes wrong in his life just because before he makes it. Ah, bros, I don't understand. He said people are always disappointing him. Ah, I say it's normal now. Is that not why I would say cost is the one who trusts in flesh? Or who trusts in man? I say it's the normal thing now. So tell me your problem. Say people will make promises they don't, they don't fulfill. Ah, yeah. I was waiting for the problem. Finally, I asked him, I said, what do you do? <laughs> Please laugh before I tell you what he does. <laughs> thank you, thank you. No, 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 he does something. He said, I help politicians. Did you hear what I said? He said, I help politicians. I said, what? Is that a job? He said, when they enter into power, they now forget me. <laughs> I said, oh... <laughs> To you, that is a problem. Do you know how many people are heavy politicians? 
But someone that I, Jesus will do something for me. Let me not tell you what. So I don't have to edit his, his, his gist out of the message. One day I went to the shop. As I was waiting to be attended to, I, I heard one song. He said ah, that he composed it for the current governor. Does he know you know? He said you have to make yourself known. <laughs> so he composed. He went to the studio, recorded a song. Then he parked a car in Atotikba roundabout, put speakers on the car, and was blasting the music. I said, what? He said, pastor, that is how to get, okay, I first saw him, he had this long beard, beard and he has one car. I said, why are you looking like this? Ah, he said, you have to stand out from the crowd. I looked at him. He explained to me how to become you know, important in politics. So he explained to me how to you know well known in politics. I looked at him that day. I said, my brother, mark my words. You will not get anything out of this. I, I use a prophetic word to kill all his plans. Ah! So that man came to me that day. <laughs> He said that. <laughs> that he helps politicians. I said, bros, everybody helps politicians. And they know. I said, oh boy, you don't have a problem. That is not the problem. That is not my life. Maybe we are looking for deliverance from things that are not problems. A lady came to me once. I went to preach somewhere in Abuja. She requested to see me after the meeting. Told me the whole family story. When she was done telling the story. So I said, okay, so what is the problem? That things are not moving well. How can they move well? You just told me your father was a juju man. Your brothers were assistant juju boys. Now the whole family gave their lives to Christ. Where would the money come from? You're looking at me. She had never heard that before. I said, your brothers were doing business before. He said, yes. Now the business is not going well again. I said, how can it go well? They have to learn another way. They've been doing it the wrong way all their lives. Now they truly gave their lives to Christ. So they are not lying. They are not cheating. They are not defrauding people anymore. It's called the trial of their face. Let them go and settle down and start, like, start life again. I, I was waiting for her to tell me the problem. I said, there's no problem. When you give your life to Christ, that's how it is. All this gospel of give your life to Christ, you become rich, is a lie. If you're a Yahoo boy, you give your life to Christ, you think you'll see people. God will just tell Satan, collect his car. That your message is where you used to terrorize all the babes in the neighborhood. Look, God, look. God will order the demons to collect it. And he will replace it with nothing. Oh, some people think that when you give a lot of cars, God, I will show his glory. Hallelujah. Where God shows his glory is that you were a thief before you won't steal again. That's the glory he understands. You were using, you know, def- you know fraudulent means to be wealthy. And you think you will not give your life to Christ. And God will not increase the wealth. That give your life to Satan. You are, you are safer like that. That's what they are looking for. God doesn't play that kind of game. You know what Paul said? All these things that were gained to me, those things I count as what? Dung. That's how you get to know Christ. So the lady that is, what are you talking about here? Deliverance from what? You don't need deliverance. You have need of endurance. That's what the Bible says. Is that not in your Bible? You need endurance. 
having suffered. That's what the Bible says. That's what works. Listen, go and see what they said. That you endured, you know, the seizure of your goods because you gave your life to Christ. People suffered because they got to know Jesus. We want to make it look like this when you give your life to Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. As you're giving your life to Christ, the contracts will be opening. Customers will start coming. That is why people give their lives to Christ. They don't repent. Because we entice them with worldliness. They're not sorry for their sins. They're not sorry for anything. Wait, when I talk to that young man that called from somewhere in Delta, that after he stopped where Yahoo Yahoo, he stopped internet fraud and everything. He realized he was broke, and I was wondering what is the problem. So he went to learn Babin. So at the end of the day, he's just making, you know, it was not his shop now, you know, he's just making like five hundred naira in a day. Like, can't that one buy food? No, he expected to hear me say. Hallelujah. God that you have chosen to serve will not disgrace you. Like, like. Okay, but they told him, listen, my friend, you will learn how to manage 500 naira a day. That is how men live. Look like, which kind of pastors are these ones? <laughs> I mean, think about it. No, think about it. You're a young man. You were stealing. You stopped stealing. People are looking for deliverance for things that are not problems. Can that 500 naira to 1,000 a day buy food? Yes. Can he buy used clothes? Yes. Can he give an offering in church self? Yes. Will he buy a car? Of course not. You trek into eternity, into the will of God. I'm telling you. What is wrong with people? What is wrong with people? People are looking for deliverance from things that are not problems. Young man came to me the other day. I looked at him. You know, I have that problem all the time. The only thing is telling me this story. I'm like, please, excuse me. I've done. I'm, I'm waiting. Where is the problem? He, sat, he talked to somebody. Somebody said, look, go and talk to Pastor Banky. He was, he was running a service at a program we had. So I think that he came and sat with me. When he finished talking, I looked at him. I said, so what is the problem? You have said God in school. I said, no, nothing. I said, I don't understand. What is the problem? What are you doing right now? NYSC. National Youth Serving Christ. I said, what are you doing right now? You're doing NYSC. What is God supposed to have done for you? I don't get it. He said, eh. When he was on campus fellowship, he had a big leadership position. Everybody used to steal money and take money. He did not. I said, that is good. You have just done what is right and natural. When I was young too, I did not eat grass. I did not drink water from the gutter. Are you getting my point? You've done what is natural. You have not done anything worthy of commendation. Like one woman said when she was preaching. She said that righteousness does not pay. Righteousness is what we are supposed to do. So it's not do righteousness. No, no, we don't care whether it pays or not. It is our way of walking. For thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. That's our way of walking. He said, I mean, she was in a church. And that day I was so blessed. He said, young people, get it out of your brains. That you're supposed to get the reward for it. No. It is the way you walk. Do it and forget it. So the young man, so please, what have you told me now? He said, ah, that he knows... His friends, you know, and he used to be in that group. That give him one week on a computer, internet fraud, he will make a million. I said, eh? 
So God is supposed to reward you for the fact that you don't go one week on a computer. Now you are broke. I said, write what I'm about to tell you down. All those your friends that you are referring to. This is the word of the Lord. It's always been like that. It's not a new prophecy. All of them will die young. The one that don't die young will be poor. God will keep some who want to die alive. You know why? He wants them to be a story that others will tell. That look at that boy. When he was young, he used to drive a G-class and E-class. And land are all in one. Right now, he's poor. He will soon beg me for money. Now just watch him. And then one angel will push the guy. Just say, hey, bros, have fun. I need it for your boy. <laughs> the person will dash him one thousand to go and buy food. And the man will tell the children, she, I told you, don't be like him, oh. To the young man that day. I said, so, what are you discussing with me? I said, what are you discussing with me? I'm, t- I'm trying to hear what the problem is. I've not heard it. He looked at me. He said, ah, daddy. Ah. He couldn't believe what he was hearing. I said, my friend, it is good for a young man to bear his burden in the days of his youth. She just gave me a testimony now of how God gave you a house to stay where you are doing your NYC. He did not expect it. A pastor gave him, because he's very good with some technical work, and he was doing it for a church. The pastor gave him a place to live. I said, that's how God meets people like you. The sun shall not smite you by day, nor the moon by night. He has fulfilled that. My, I said, my, my guy, please, keep on walking in righteousness, and God will take you to the place he wants to take you to in due season. There's nothing wrong with a young man your size to be trekking. It's the will of God. It's God's perfect will. Acceptable will. What's the big deal? People looking for deliverance from things that are not problems. You start a business after one year, expect it to explode. Is your business mushroom? Have you ever, you've not noticed that mushroom doesn't have serious root? Serious breeze, it will blow and become like umbrella, fly into the air. Have you ever seen a tree that has strong roots that blossom overnight? What's those things that we just say? I have near success syndrome. I have found many young men and young women that don't get anything done properly. They can't stay. They lack the staying power. They are looking for the business that explodes in two weeks. Hey, there's one around here now. I have not mentioned. They are around this our plaza. Promising people things that God can do. <laughs> no, the Lord has set some principles in motion. You know, there are things that God does not do. I like what the way God does it those days. He said, there are things God will look and say, I wish. It's in the Bible. I wish that all men would be saved. <laughs> Just look and it'll be promising. Ah, if you don't make a million dollars in the first two weeks, you are lazy. And you follow them. That's why MMM will catch people. Ah, God has been good to me in this life. MMM will catch people like me. They say, go in early. Come out early and go out with the demons. You see, you can't can't enter those things and live early without collecting your portion of demons. You collect. They will ruin your life later. They will. Guaranteed. It's a matter of time. 
See, a young man carrying an expensive phone. Where did he get it from? Say, he went and played Bet Niger. He, when God wants to finish with him, he becomes so poor, he can't even buy a 200 naira charge card. That's what happens. Oh, there's a prayer I used to pray. Let me pray again. Because I'm a young man, he didn't come the day I prayed the last. <laughs> I need to pray today. I'm not preaching my message today. <laughs> All the, you see all the scripture where I don't arrange. We'll read it at that time. We don't get there today. Let me pray my prayer. Before I pray the prayer, I'll first give you the prophetic warning. Two hours and Nineveh shall be destroyed. Say, what is Nineveh? Every phone, every tab that has a betting app on it. Belonging to anybody hearing my voice this evening, in two hours it shall die. Amen. Let that amen sound like thunder. Amen. Thank you. The only way to not die is that as soon as this meeting is over, you will bring out that device and uninstall that app. Bed Niger, Bed King, Niger Bed. Naira bet, no devil bet, demon bet, hellfire bet, whatever be the betting app on your phone, you have two hours from now. Unless the phone is at home. In which case, you will rush. I give you 30 minutes extra. Any good doesn't have too much traffic. You go and uninstall it. If you don't install it, uninstall it, in the name of Jesus... King of kings and lord of lords. Savior of mankind by his death on the cross. In that name, the motherboard of that phone, I destroy it. Amen. Oh, I won't let them destroy your life. You don't need quick money. It leads to a short life. I hope you're getting my point. I have another one. No, this one is not a very dangerous one. It's a warning one. If you have a friend that bets from today, he's no longer your friend. Yeah, he's no longer your friend. If you're engaged to a man that bets, I break the engagement now. Next time you see each other and I quarrel, I go to quarrel. Yes. Sometimes it's a woman that bets, so... And if I engage to a woman who's secretly betting, I hereby make her ugly in your eyes. Amen. You will see her and the desire to love her will have vanished from your soul. Amen. Your family will not be destroyed by betting spirit. Amen. Nonsense. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were children of God betting. No child of God that listening to me will bet. Amen. Say, Pastor, I won betting last week. That money. Don't bring it to any church. No. Go and distribute to beggars on the road. Don't spend. If you spend it, you will lose 10 times that amount within one month. I just warned you now. You know, you know I've been telling you. Many pastors are nice. My name is Jeremiah. Yes. I warn people of the invasion by the Babylonians. 
That money you won last week, you still remain in Abi. If you, if you buy pure water with it, you'll be tested for two days, you won't see water again. Amen. You must not spend that money. Don't, don't carry it to any church. Don't use it to spoil the gospel. Carry it and go and feed beggars on the road. Forget, buy corn and forget your change. The girl won't know why. You give her 1,000 naira to buy 100 naira corn. You collect that corn. You just walk away. Okay, I take your change. You see, this man, they crazy. So, yes, you are crazy. That's the price of deliverance. And that corn, you can't eat it, you know now. You, I can't eat corn that you use betting money to buy. You know, some foolish people, you know, they say, I've been redeemed from the cross. I've told you. This curse is for those who want to walk in darkness. Your redemption from the curse only works as you are walking in the light. Bye-bye to Jati Jati. Yes, in the name of Jesus. Many of our Jati Jatis are bad behaviors. People come in looking for deliverance for things that are not problems. You cannot be looking for quick money and evil spirits won't follow you. Evil spirits are your friend. You know where they stay? Your pocket. So you make the money, they ruin it for you. They take away your sleep. Listen, it is the Lord thy God that gives you the power to create wealth. Wealth is the impact you are having in the lives of people. Changing people's lives, transforming their lives. Listen, don't be looking for deliverance from things that are not problems. Many men who are looking for deliverance, their problem is adultery. A man has a wife, he has children, then he has a girlfriend, and he's going to somebody pray for me. Pray for you for what, for what now? Ha! When we were in school those days, I remember when our teacher was teaching us about what they call emphysema of the lungs. He said, the thing that causes emphysema he just wanted cigarette smoking. So once he diagnoses it, and he suspects his patient is smoking, he discharges you from his clinic. Don't come back. Doesn't treat you. Doesn't want to see you. I remember he was in class teaching us that, that automatic discharge, that whether you, you can help yourself, you can't help yourself, it doesn't concern him. If he says you have this disease, and you smoke one cigarette, he won't talk to you again. He said, because what kind of waste of time is that? This disease is caused by this cigarette you're smoking. So many people coming for deliverance. They are walking in sin. Because say, what kind of thing is this one? What kind of joke are we cracking here? Oh, remember what I was saying? The demons in hell put together. And the ogre, the devil, cannot put a nail in my tire or your tire. They don't have that power. They don't have it. If you open your window and demons gather at night, close it back and go to sleep. They are not looking for you. If you stay awake, they have succeeded. They have succeeded. I'm not allowed to give you prayer points. Go. I think today is just a day of exhortation. I wanted to read the number of scriptures about God, but we'll leave it here next time. Let's just rise to our feet. Let's give a little thanks for what we have heard today.
Let's just give a lot of thanks. What we wanted to discuss, we'll take it, we'll leave it here next time. Let's give thanks for freedom. Let's give thanks because we have been delivered. I think we should read that particular scripture. Everybody opens to Colossians chapter 1. Quickly. The book of Colossians chapter 1. I want all of us to read it. We are going to read from verse... Um, I want one particular verse, verse 13. We'll read it again and again. But I want us to begin from verse 9 and end in verse 20. You understand? From verse 9, we are going to end in verse 20. Uh, there, but we'll now go back and read 13 again and again. And when we get to 13, we have to repeat it a few times. Are you ready? Open your Bibles. This is how we are going to read it. Everybody, I will, I will kind of lead with the verse. I did like, I'll let you know which verse we are reading. And then, um, I want you to read with a clear voice. Are you ready? Verse 9, let's go. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, to please Him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Verse 11, Strengthened with all power according to His glorious might, for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience. Verse 12, Joyously giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. 13, For He rescued us from the domain of darkness, and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Let's read 13 and 14 again. One, two, let's go. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. 15 is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. 18. He is also the head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will come to be first, to have first place in everything. 19. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in Him, and through Him to reconcile all things to Himself, having made peace through the blood of His cross. Through Him I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. Amen. Amen. Two things we've learned here, just revising it. One, the fact that we have been delivered, we have been transferred. I like the way my Bible puts it, New American Standard. It says, he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. We are now in the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And then he began, of course, in him, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. So from verse 15, he now began to describe this Jesus. Alright? The fact that he is the image of the invisible God. And that fact that all things hold together in him. The fact that all things are subject to him. And that is the head of the body. And that is the firstborn from the dead. And the fact that we have, that they will receive peace through the blood of his cross. Are you getting my point here? That is, what I want to say is that all of us have been set free as long as we are walking 
in Christ. We are walking, like we said earlier, in the Spirit. It does not mean we hear voices before we take action. It means that whatever God has said, whatever Jesus says to us, that is how we walk. And that's how we maintain our freedom. I hope you're getting my point. Listen, we have been set free in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let me say it again, and I expect a clear amen from you. You have been set free in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let me say it one more time. You have been set free in Christ Jesus. Amen. We are not children of bondage. Somebody say amen. amen. We are children of freedom. Amen. I just feel like saying it again. Every ancestral curse has been broken. Amen. Every ancestral curse has been broken. Amen. Every generational curse has been broken. Amen. Listen, there is nothing wrong with having challenges in life. Let me go over it again. There are a few reasons why Christians have troubles in life. What looks like troubles? Sometimes, like I said earlier, some of these things are just normal phases of life. It's not a big deal. It's just because somebody sets a new agenda for you. Mark Zuckerberg was a billionaire before he turned 30. Now that you're not a billionaire, means something is wrong with you. We are not, we are not, we are not doing the same work. I don't have time to explain it now. Mark Zuckerberg did not build Facebook. God in heaven built Facebook and he said, who do I give to handle it for me? That is all. People with better ideas have come, died, and nothing was built. Remember those brothers, twins that sued him that Facebook was their idea. And I felt like telling them there's no need. You don't know ritual things. The Bible says a man can receive nothing except it is given to him from above. At the point in time, he paid them off with 50 million US dollars. One of those brothers, I don't know whether it's both of them, is the first Bitcoin, was the first Bitcoin billionaire. Most of his money was invested in Bitcoin. He became richer and they became poorer, just moving up and down. I said, Do people like you couldn't have held Facebook. So God looked for one young man and said, You hold it for me. Um, this guy, Alibaba Jack Ma. Jack Ma made a statement the other time, and he was referring, I think somebody has made it before him, and that was um, this, uh, uh, was this the steel magnet of the U.S. of those days. What's his name? Eh? I think it was Andrew Carnegie, or so, either him or somebody else. Okay? Oh, no, there's another person, and it's not Carnegie, it's another one, not, not steel magnet. But anyway, one of those American billionaire, millionaires of those days, both Jack Ma referred to it again recently. He said, once you have more than $200 million, Jack Ma said, that the money is not really your own. That it belongs to the society and you are holding it in trust. And he's a billionaire. And he wasn't speaking out of it. He went to church. His experience, I just looked at life. This one, I know be my own. I hope I'm getting my point. And we're just talking about anything. So don't let uh, Mark Zuckerberg's life be dictating whether you are a success or you are a failure. Every man has his risk in front of him. John the Baptist was no Mark Zuckerberg. Neither was Jesus Christ anyway. I hope you're getting my point. Neither was Moses, neither was Samuel. So please, don't let anybody's life define your own. That's why I said many people are looking for deliverance from things that are not problems. Listen, in Christ Jesus, you have been delivered. Amen. Your life will go through phases. I said, number of reasons why Christians have problems. One, sometimes it's just a phase of life, not a big deal. It is good for a young man to bear his body in the days of his youth. The trial of your faith works patience. That is one. Number two, there is what is called the just recompense of reward for disobedience. Stop walking in disobedience to the word of God. It creates problems. It creates problems. It creates problems. I talked about number three, which is a trial of your faith. 
Sometimes you've made up your mind that the story I told you about the young man, the family that was having financial issues. Because they changed their life, their lives, everybody in the family. And they began to walk in the way of the Lord. And the way by which they used to make a lot of money disappeared. Nothing wrong with that. It's called the trial of your faith. God is trying to separate the men from the boys. Anytime you see that in front of you to get you out of where you are into where you want to be is a way of darkness. You know you are being tried. That's why we've been reading on Saturdays. That David said, open to me what? The gates of righteousness. That's how you know the gates of God. I feel like dropping this word for somebody. How will you know your time of, in quotes, in quotes now, your time of breakthrough has come? It's the same thing you were doing before. That you will continue to do. And then God will just amplify it. Did you hear what I said? Many people are always jumping from one thing to the other. At least they've not built skill in any area of life. Last week they were doing pure water. This week now they are, they are what they call Bitcoin experts. I saw some jokers. You know, they are, they are all over the radio telling you to come for how to invest in Forex. Anytime somebody they come and invest in Forex and Bitcoin, they are just begging you to come, remove the little you thought you had. I'm telling you the truth. Don't worry, go. There's no cost for you, right? you know, not only the betting people where I don't swear for where where. I mean, for this one, I don't need to do anything because you will learn. If you finish investing in Bitcoin and in Forex for a few years, then you will come back and say, Pastor, you were right. I wouldn't even say, eh, you are welcome. Let me give you an idea, young men, young women. Okay, we're going to do a, a seminar later. I mean, I've told the guys to try and fix a date for it, titled Business by the Spirit. I, I, what I'm going to do is that I'm going to teach. For, I don't know how many days. We'll teach, it's not, there's no, there'll be no flyer, no, no radio jingle, no internet, uh, no, no Facebook, nothing. This announcement you have heard now. That's how we'll just be announcing it. Because just for in-house people. Because once you put on radio, now the place go full. All the covetous, worldly people looking for how they will hammer. They uh, look like they are carpenters, so they all rush down here. No. It's just also be studying the word of God together. We just announce it casually here. If you come with a friend, we will not drive the friend away. But there's nothing like, oh, well, okay, we are doing this, so come and hear. No. It's also have been coming to hear the meaning of the word Christ. The life that is in Christ. Walking in Christ. Those who have been hearing that same thing. We just want to explain some principles. Okay? Continue how to do business. So I call it business by the Spirit. I'm going to do a lot of teaching and a lot of the brethren in the house will answer questions. All right? Come with a lot of questions. Now, why I went to that is this. Among the things I want to teach people is this. Listen, everybody, God is not trying to give you money in life. He's going, to, he's going to take care of you. That is guaranteed. He just wants you to be responsible and be productive. So in life, ask yourself, what is it that people will need and they will think of me? That is what you should be aiming for. Along the line, you'll see a place where you are very good. You'll find a place where you have a natural skill. Develop that. It may not make you a lot of money, but God will find a way to supply money for you. But let that be your primary focus. Some people tell me they are going to America. I have no problem with people who go to America in itself. I always wonder, what are you going to do in America? You just want to change an environment where prosperity is. Then you get there, you will sweep gutter. You get there, you will be doing all kinds of maniac jobs. You won't be able to tell us what you are doing. Right? You're only, the only, you know, Claim to fame is that I'm in America. I was supposed to be impressed. I don't look, but there are people who have told me, okay, ah, I want to go and study this. Like one brother gave us testimony that time that he wants to be an, a robotics engineer. God gave him a scholarship, fully funded to go and do a PhD abroad. 
I like to hear things like that. Another brother who spoke the other time, he said, no, he would like to own a school of technology. So he's studying. But I'm trying to explain a principle here. You're not just running up and down. Just find a place where, you say, this is where I will be. And somebody will need something and they will call me. You know the truth, the truth about life? God does not always use that thing directly. Sometimes indirectly. Let me give an example. What was David known for? Let me tell you, Israel knew David for his skill in playing music. Yeah, go and check it. How did they get to the palace? When the king needed somebody to play, everybody knew who to call. Yet his destiny was to be a king in Israel. I hope you're getting my point here. So everybody, what you just need, instead of running eh, eh, demons after me, eh, just ask yourself, listen, in the last six months, what, have I, what do I have that can add to somebody's life? You don't have it. It's the assignment you need. Stop, stop looking for money. Start looking for that thing. Start looking for that thing. Start looking for it so that when people are looking for that thing, somebody will remember me. I hope you're getting my point here. That's what you need in life. And there are so many things. Not as if today, ah, you hear that money is in making clothes now. You don't go there. You don't go to Lent alone. Then tomorrow, he say, no, 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 no. It's when those who sell Ghana must go in traffic in Abuja. You have left and you've gone to Abuja with Ghana must go on your shoulder, going from car to car. No, it sounds funny. These are things people have done. I've given you real life stories. And I said, no, no, that's not the issue. Ah, that's not how to do it. You enter the market, be selling Bible and paper. You don't go there again. You are the tail and not the head. Always following wherever, you know, the wind blew it where it listed. Just be going up and down. He said, occupy with this until I come. Find something to be occupied with until it comes. I feel like teaching down to somebody this evening. I hope you are blessed by that. Once again, let us be the Say, Father, thank you. Thank you for you have delivered me. Poverty, I've been delivered from it. Ancestral curses, I've been delivered from it. Give thanks, so. Give thanks like you really believe it. Give thanks like you really believe it. Give thanks like you believe you have been delivered. Say, Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for deliverance. We thank you, Lord, for deliverance. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. It's well with you in the name of Jesus. Amen. God will open your own door for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Like telling somebody, there's no need to be afraid. God is in charge of tomorrow. Amen. Sufficient unto the day is evil thereof. Amen. There is no need to be afraid. God is in charge of tomorrow. Please remove your eyes from what your maids have achieved. You are running different races. Remove your eyes from what your maids have achieved. You are running different races. If Joseph and Moses were supposedly mates, their lives were so different, Moses would have gotten confused. Because at the age that Moses was disappearing from the palace, that was shortly after Joseph entered his own palace and he stayed there. But at the end of the day, Moses was more honorable. I hope you're getting my point here. So please, John the Baptist was preaching and gathering a large, the congregation was large while Jesus was still filing wood and measuring, you know, meter by meter, how many inches is this wood? But Jesus entered into his ministry when John was ending his own. And that was divine arrangement. Nobody sinned amongst the two of them. I hope you're getting my point. So listen, don't measure your life by anybody else's own. Don't measure your life with anybody's life. 
Just measure your life. Make sure if you are being productive and you are increasing in the knowledge of God. That's all that matters. Your future is in his hands. He will take you into that future when the time comes. Our Father will thank you for your faithfulness. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Yes, open the magazine. You will see page 11 inside there. That's how we share the grace. Everybody in life, you must join a call too. You can't just be walking like that anyhow. You'll die suddenly. Stray bullets is for those who are not in their own cult. Okay? You, you join the cult of Christ. It's higher than Oboni. It's higher than Eye. Higher than Mafites. Higher than, which other one? Black Axe. Alright? Our own is the, we have the sword of the spirit, not Black Axe. The sword of the spirit, the shield of faith, the breastplate of righteousness. That's the cult we are in. And every cult has its own incantations. And our own Bible is what? The book of the incantations of the Lord. And from it we derive words. We derive words. So what we are going to share is one of those words that we have derived. Amen? Amen. Alright, let's share the grace in fellowship. One, two, let's go. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from because into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Quickly bless the people around you. Say, this is your season. Two more people. This is your season. One more person. This is your season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation in the name. One for yourself. This is my season. Multiplication, dominion, and manifestation. All right. For those coming for the first.